Lord, uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for these doors that you have opened up for us, the opportunities, God, to serve, to help, to be your hands and feet, to be your voice, to be your heart, to pray for people, God, to reach out to our own community, uh, downtown, even Lahaina, our own island, God, for you. And I pray as we talked about that, you would help us, Lord, not just equip us with monetary or physical strength or uh, supplies, but you would help us even mentally, emotionally, and in our hearts, God, spiritually, in ourselves, and to help other people. So I ask, Spirit, that you would equip us, that you would answer questions for us, uh, answer the questions we have in us, Lord, and help us to grasp how great you are, even in the midst of how terrible things are right now. So, Lord, bless your word right now, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. I read about this father and his son. They went fishing one day out on the boat. The boy was just began to ask these questions to his father. He said, Dad, why does a boat float and not sink? And the dad said, well, don't rightly know, son. The boy was silent for a moment. And then he asked the dad, Dad, why... Don't fish breathe air, and why do they only breathe water? Well, the father said, don't rightly know, son. And then the little boy asked his father after a little bit, said, why is the sky blue? And once again, the father said, don't rightly know, son. Well, the boy was a little worried. He was, you know, annoying his father. So the boy said, dad, you know what, is it okay to ask you all these questions? Well, the dad responds saying, oh, of course it's okay. I mean, the thing is, if you don't ask questions, how does anyone learn anything? <laughs> yes, I remember my kids when they were small. All the why questions, perhaps your parents are in the middle of that or understand that. I remember my oldest, Jared's my middle, but I remember the oldest was the one who asked the most why questions? Why this, Dad? Why this? Why this? You know, it's almost like, all right, enough ready. Give me a break. You know, why, why, why? But don't we do the same thing? Why, God? As his children, we come to the Father and we say, why, God? Especially after tragic events like we've been experiencing of, the, of what happened last week. Right? We're like, why? As was mentioned, you know, they say in, uh, the, what happened in Lahaina was the deadliest U.S. fire in 100 years. I mean, at last report, I was looking in the news, like 2,700 structures, homes were destroyed. We know thousands have been displaced. We know jobs are gone. The economy is shot. It's going to affect our economy for years to come. We know upcountry, right? I, I mean, last thing ever was 19 homes. Pastor Sean saying, hey, I heard there's 270-something. I go, whoa, I didn't know that. I don't know. I don't know the number. But a lot of people's property has been damaged, been affected. Um, as we mentioned, um, there's not just trees falling, but, you know, homes next to burned areas have to be cleaned out. There's ash. 
You know, there's, there's all kinds of things that need to be done. And, and so we know upcountry have been affected also. So many of us, we, we ask God, why? Why this? Why God? Why did you let this happen? Yeah. Why couldn't you, God, stop the fire? remember waking up, all the smoke, reading the news, whoa. And then later in the day, a, a friend was texting me, oh, cool, it's on fire. And when it came evening, I could see the glow, yeah. And then uh, Jer and Tati came up and said, hey, Dad, look, look down Kia. And when the Palehu fire was going down, we saw flames from far away, right? I mean, we think, God, aren't you God? Why couldn't you stop this? Why did you allow this? So my heart was this, with all that is happening and what we're living through, I felt it important that we address some questions that perhaps are in your heart, in your mind. Perhaps, as someone mentioned last week, they were asked questions about God and and what's going on and trying to, we, we have a hard time to reconcile, yeah, what we see, what's going on with what we know of God and kind of reconcile this. So I've titled this series, When Tragedy Strikes a Fallen World. And we're going to do part one, as I mentioned. And we're going to go through some various scriptures, too, uh, with this. But when tragedy, tragedy, tragedy strikes a fallen world, well, you know, we tend to ask some questions. And so in the next four weeks, we're going to cover these questions that perhaps are in your heart but perhaps God, someone is asking you and and these are the questions i'm going to give you all four for the next four weeks number one is why did god allow this disaster number two why do bad things happen to good people we'll talk about that next week number three after that is why is there so much pain and suffering and a lot of people are suffering. They're in a lot of pain. We, we pray for those who lost their loved one, their family, their friends. As much as I know and the people I know, some surf friends I know up there, that they're okay. But I know they've lost people. Uh, uh, and the last one is, why didn't God answer my prayers? And I think we all have that question, right? All of us, no matter our walk in the Lord. So when tragedy strikes a fallen world, we're going to answer this first question and we're going to go through it. Number one is the first one. Why did God allow this disaster? Why did God allow this disaster? Now, uh, we're going to be looking at a few verses in Romans 8, but not right now. We'll, We'll get to that in a moment. Now, this question, right? Why did God allow this fire in Maui. Why did God allow the, the hurricane to pass south, uh, high up above us, and it all converge with these high winds over our uh, island, over our state? Why, why, why didn't God stop that? I mean, we, we've seen many versions of this question, haven't we? Why did God allow that earthquake to destroy that city in Turkey? Recently, that was in the news. You know, 50, 000, almost 50,000, around 50,000 people died in that earthquake or or how about the tsunami right in japan i mean that was huge right um why did god allow that tsunami to decimate 
um, uh, I forgot the city name up there, right? In effect, I think 20, 000, almost 20,000 people died at that time. And so I think in our minds is the same thing. God, why did 114 now, I think is the number, and we, we know there's going to be more. It's going to go way up, right? Um, it's so tragic that there, you know, people who died, their bodies are turned to ash. How can you even identify? It's, it's so sad, you guys, just the stories of people trapped in their car and families died. Uh, stories of, of, of a mom covering her baby, but they both burn. Stories of they go into a house and the whole family's in the corner of the house, but they're all burnt, you know? And you, you got to feel this, go, God, why? Why did they die? Why are these fires and cooler and people are displaced? You know, up here, homes have burnt down. Why, why Lord, did you allow the fire to you know, go across Alinda, up in Kula, separate one even, right? And burn a house. And now people are worried about the property, the land, the wind damage, everything that we've been talking about. Well, throughout the ages, throughout the centuries, in every national disaster, many have asked the same question. Whatever particular that is. Why? Did God allow this? I've been asked that. You know what the ans- my answer is? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but we're going to get into it more. But really, we don't know specifically, right? We don't know. Why did God allow this? I don't, I don't know. It's a hard one. It's a hard one to say, well... You know, it's because of this, this, and this, specifically. I don't know that. I'm honest. It may not seem like the answer someone wants to hear, but honestly, that's what it is. I don't know. But there is some things I do know to help us accept that none of us really knows the mind of God and and, and what he allows and doesn't allow. But it's the start to accept that while we really don't know. So I want to lead you into a thought of what I do know. I don't know specifically, but I'll lead you into a thought of what I do know. And there's five things that I want you to see here this morning. And this, these are things I do know, and these are things that important for us to know so we can accept that, you know, we really don't know exactly. I mean, mean, as we get into it, and as you guys know uh, about God and his purposes, and we'll get to that, but we really don't know specifically. But here's some things that'll help us. So number one is this. I want, this is what I do know. God is not directly responsible. Number one, God is not directly responsible. Now, uh, I was thinking about how, you know, in, in like home insurance and stuff, there's that, there's that verbiage in the document, right? And they add whatever, fire, flood, hurricane, all that. Or what? In the act of God, 
right? The act of God. And really, it's just to explain uh, natural calamities to cover everything that we don't have control of, right? So, so they say act of God, but, but let me put in your minds, God is not directly responsible for these calamities, for the disasters, for the fire. God did not do this. God did not directly send this wind and the fire and started this and destroy all these homes. God is, let's say, generally not directly responsible. But let me say this. There are exceptions that we read in the Old Testament when God does use uh, nature and disasters to bring judgment. We've read about that. Uh, We read about that in the Old Testament. On nations, even Israel. Uh, uh, But uh, God isn't directly responsible for what we're seeing now. I mean, mostly God is not doing this, you guys. God might use it to bring judgment that we read in the Old Testament. And for sure we know that in the tribulation, the last seven years, right, of um, the world as we know it, that's going to be a lot of calamity and that's God's wrath and judgment. But in this event, in this disaster that we're under, did God do it? No. God is not directly responsible. At the conference, Pastor Steve Santos of Calvary Chapel Westside, he was sharing how they had given him, oh, get this. The theme of the conference, and I don't remember exactly the wording, but it was about storms coming into. And we're like, whoa, Pastor Bill Stormbreaker, who ran the conference, is like, oh, he, he was following the spirit here, right? And Pastor Steve Santos had a certain assignment to share, but he kind of just slid into what God had told him, and he was sharing in his experience. And, and uh, he was sharing how he was laying on the floor, it was early in the morning. His grandchildren were sleeping around him. His family was sleeping around him. I think they housed like seven families. Uh, I think all of them lost their homes. His daughter lives there, lost, lost her home. Uh, and he's just lying there. And you know what? He's calling out to God. He's crying, God, why? Why? And he shared the Lord spoke to him and put his mind in 1 Kings 19, I think I shared this last week, that God is not in the wind, God is not in the fire, but God is in that still small voice. So the Lord spoke to him about that, that, you know what, God did not directly bring that wind and fire here to Maui. So God is not directly responsible. Just get that in your mind. All right, if God did not directly do this, then you know what, how did this happen? How, how did this happen? Well, here's number two. Disasters are a natural result of a fallen world. Disasters are a natural result of a fallen world. What does that mean, a fallen world? Well, back in Genesis, right, when uh, first sin entered the world, humans fell, right? Sin cursed the perfect world. So now we live in this fallen world world. So what I'm saying is that things don't work as smoothly anymore. Things don't work in in the way God originally intended. Natural disasters are a result of a really flawed world. If you think about that, hurricanes, wildfires, tsunamis, 
You know, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden before they fell, they never had to run and hide. There wasn't a wildfire going on. No, none of that happened. So the perfect environment of paradise back in Genesis was lost to sin. And so disasters are a natural result of a fallen world. And you guys, that's what we live in. That's what we live in. So if you want to take at Romans 8, verse 22, we, we get a clue about this here. The Apostle Paul writes, Romans 8, verse 22, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. A little bit earlier, uh, uh, Paul writes that creation, verse 19, the creation waits for with eager longing like to, for this to end. Or even in a verse 21, it says the creation itself will be set free from its bondage. So, you see, we live in this fallen world and things don't work perfectly. And so all that's been going on is this like natural result of how this world works and there's disasters there's calamity that goes on in nature you know what interesting is what paul says here in verse 22 in the pains of childbirth till now in this section paul is really writing about how creation is waiting you know what for jesus to bring come take over everything and then restore the earth the millennium that's what we call that in the thousand years of millennium. So all this stuff is going to stop. God's going to take care of it. And right now, we're in the pains of childbirth. And you know what? My mind went to another interesting verse that Jesus talked about when, it come, when we start heading into the end times, when we start heading toward the tribulation times, Jesus said this in Matthew twenty. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. And what's all these? He had just talked about the wars, the conflicts, the famines. And so in other words, war, disasters, things that are going to happen are a preview of the coming calamity. They're labor pains. They're going to get more frequent like labor pains come. And so we... I believe are in that time. And it could be the fires and, and devastation on Maui are, are one of many signs that, you know, we're heading to the end. So it could be that. So understand, all that we're experiencing, the fires and devastation on Maui, are a direct result of living in a fallen world. So you understand then, God did not directly do this. Not directly. It's this fallen world. It's just the consequences of this fallen world. All right. Now you got that in mind, those two things. I know what you're thinking. But wait. (laughs) Right? But wait. Wait, Pastor Ray. Isn't God in control of everything? Isn't Isn't that who God is? Isn't that his character? He's sovereign. He's powerful. And let me tell you, yes. And this is number three now, right? Number three is God has sovereign power over everything. Yes, you're right. And we need to understand that. We need to establish that. We need to know that. Yeah, God did not directly 
caused the disaster. It's this fallen world. It's a direct result. Disasters of that. But yes, God has sovereign power over everything. Turn over uh, to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And uh, verse 16 here. Colossians 1 verse 16. And the awesome thing about this, or we see God in, in this verse, but really Paul's talking about Jesus Christ, our Lord God, Jesus Christ. So verse 16, Colossians chapter 1. So it reads here, 116 Colossians, For by him all things were created. God created everything, right? In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And I think I mentioned last week the other verse, and he is before all things and in him all things hold together, verse 17. But verse 16, God is the creator. He created everything. And he even created authorities and powers and governments and things like that. I mean, so God, that means God's above that, right? That God is sovereign. He is powerful. He's sovereign. And he is in control of everything in this world. So yes, God is sovereign power over everything. Listen to what Psalm 115.3 says. It says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Now that tells me he's a sovereign God, right? He doesn't take orders from nobody. He's the one who gives orders. He's the one who created everything, so he has all the power, and he's in charge then. So yes, we need to put in our minds, God has sovereign power over everything. So that means no storm, no wind is more powerful than God. That nothing gets by him without him knowing it and allowing it. We'll get to that in the next part. No fire will ever overpower him. Okay, before we go on, I want you to stop and think about this. Because this should bring us comfort. Even though maybe we're tweaking a little bit about the Lao part, right? But understand this first part, that God is sovereign. So that should bring us comfort that He's in charge. God is greater than anything that nature may do. I like something C.H. Spurgeon said. If God lights the candle, none can blow it out. I love that. I love that. We sing the song, don't we? There's no prison wall you can't break to. No mountain you can't move. What? All things are possible. There's no broken body you can't raise. No soul that you can't save. Why? Because all Things are possible. You guys, this is our God. All things are possible. He's our creator. He's powerful. He can do anything and he's greater than anything. He's greater than what has happened on our island. And find comfort in that, in that fact. I know you're tweaked about the law. We're going to get to that next. But just find comfort in that truth of what we know about God and what the Bible tells us. Listen to what J. Oswald Sanders said. God can never be outmaneuvered, taken by surprise, or caught at a disadvantage. He is God who knows no crisis. Before an emergency arises, God in his providence has made adequately and perfectly time provision to meet it. This is our God. Amen? Amen. So know this right now. 
So when we talk about God's sovereign power, let it give you comfort. Let it give you peace. Let it give you rest and calm. He's got you. He's going to take care of you. We don't understand fully all this why stuff happened, but understand this God is not overtaking here. God's not like, oh no, what am I going to do? No, God is here and a fallen world cannot overpower God. Not my God, not our God. Okay, all right, Pastor Rick, following you here. God is not responsible for all this. Disasters, ah, it's that natural result of this fallen world. It's just the laws of this cursed world, right? Happening, wind comes together, sparks, you know, power line goes down because the wind and it sparks the brush and fires go and the wind whips it out, carries the embers. Okay, that's, that's a result of our fallen world. That's how it works. All right, God is in control. He's sovereign in control. He has that power, and he's still in control. Well, now we're back to what we wrestle with, right? Now we're back to what kind of tweaks our mind, like when tragedy strikes in this fallen world, okay, okay, God's in control, but Pastor, why would God allow it? If he's sovereign, if he is in control, why did he not stop it? Let me say to you again, I don't know specifically. I don't know this, what's going on exactly in God's mind. Not exactly. But I'll tell you what I do know. What I do know is this, and this is number four, if you're taking notes. God is sovereign enough to take any tragedy and fulfill his purpose. You've got to understand that. God is sovereign enough to take any tragedy and fulfill his purpose. Go back now to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. And we know this verse. And this verse speaks to that truth. That God is sovereign enough to take any tragedy and fulfill his purpose. Romans 8 verse 28 What's it say? And we know that for those who love God, what? All things work together for good. For those who are called according to what? His purpose. So he works. He's he's orchestrating things. He's doing something in this. No matter how tragic. No matter in this natural result of this fallen world. You know what? That doesn't stop him. He takes all things. Remember all all in the original language in the Greek? You know what that means? All, right? Most of the time we, we go with, well, when the good things happen, that's God working. When the bad things happen, that's the devil. Or, or, and then we think, well, God is good. God is sovereign. Well, then why would he let the devil do this? And we're going to be talking about that in the weeks coming. But all means both good and bad. The things that you can see and the things you can't see. When, the, the things of plenty and the things of times when we have needs. The things when things are going good, times of blessing, the things when it seems like everything's falling apart. That's all, you guys. All is all. It includes the bad things, the tragic things, the disasters. Now, 
I want to put in your mind these truths too about the character of God. That God is holy and righteous. You know what that means? He's pure. He's holy. Morally. And you know what that means? He cannot do any wrong. So that means he cannot do any wrong toward you. We know that God in his character is also loving, gracious, and merciful. So you know what that means? That means God loves you. God cares for you. God's eye is upon you. Specifically, he's, he's watching you because he's God, because he, he loves you in that way. And we also know this about God. God is all-knowing, right? He has all knowledge. He's omniscient. He knows everything. And he has all wisdom. No one else is smarter than him. And so that means that he knows what's best for our growth. He knows how to work things and orchestrate things. So this is what I know, you guys. God allows the natural consequences of this fallen world to run his course to fulfill what? His good purpose. Does that make sense? God did not directly do this. Disasters are just the consequences, a result of living in a fallen world. God is sovereign. But God is so powerful that, and so smart and, and, and so pure and holy and loves us so much. He's not going to do us wrong. So in some way, somehow, God will allow the natural consequences of this fallen world to run its course, to fulfill His purpose. Romans 8.28 talks about that, right? All things work for good. God's good, which is our good. God's glory. He's working that, you guys. Listen to what Anne Graham Lotz wrote. Um, I got this book by her called Why. That's the title. Why? Question mark. And it's good. But she said, when I don't understand why, I trust him because... God is always on time for his purposes in my life. I I love that. I can trust him because he's our sovereign God. Because he's holy and righteous. He's not going to do me wrong. He knows what he's doing. He knows, you know, allowing this is going to result in this, fulfilling his purpose. So I can trust him, and Graham Lotz is saying. And even when, I like how she said, God is always on time, yeah, for his purpose in my life. I don't know, sometimes, right? I mean, some of you probably right now are thinking, why now? Why now? Why is this happening? Why now? Why is these events happening? Why now? I'm already going through my things. It's already been hard. And now this, why now? But trust God in his sovereign power to take something really bad but bring about his good and glory. Think about this. Can you imagine what the disciples went through? Think think about this. They thought, Jesus, he is the Lord God. He's the Messiah. He's, he's the hope for our future. He, Jesus was 
They're everything. And then what happened? He got arrested? Wait, what? Unjustly tried? He got sentenced and then crucified? And in the end, he died? Can you imagine what the disciples were going through? I mean, what, what do you think their thoughts were? What do you think their emotions? That was their disaster. It wasn't wind, fire, and then blow through Jerusalem. But their disaster in their life was when their hope was all gone and dashed. It was destroyed when Jesus died. What do you think they were going through? I'm sure they were confused. Like some of us are confused. God, aren't you God? What, what's going on? They would have been disappointed. They were at a loss, heartbreak. They're filled with fear. Oh, what's going to happen now? Worry? Could you hear them, as we do, say, why God? Why God? Why couldn't you stop the Romans? Why couldn't you have stopped the religious leaders to do their uh, 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 manipulate things? Why, why God? Why did you allow it? Why now? I mean, Jesus, aren't you the miracle maker? We saw you. With our own eyes, you healed people. You provided fish and bread. You raised people from the dead. And you couldn't stop the religious leaders. You couldn't stop Rome. Why did you allow this to happen to you? And I'm sure they're like, why? But we know why today, don't we? On this side of the cross. We know why, right? God allowed the course of men's evil, jealous hearts to run its course. Why? To fulfill God's purpose. And what was God's purpose? What is it? Salvation. Salvation. At the time, the disciples didn't understand. So, I don't know why God specifically allowed your home to burn up. I don't know why God specifically allowed for your business to be gone now. I don't know why God allowed a loved one to lose their life. I don't know. I don't know why. Not specifically. But what I do know is God can take the worst that this fallen world puts out and God can miraculously take the bad. God can powerfully take the tragedy and He can bring about good up out of the ashes for his glory. Amen? So understand that today. you got to see this. you got to see this. See it this way. Think about it this way. If God is not sovereign, if God is not in control, then what? There's no hope, right? It would be scary. It would be scary times, and those who don't know God is really scared, and that's why we got to share Christ. It's, it's hopeless. It's like, wow, what, what? If tragedy can overcome God, then who, who can we go to? Who can we run to? But the truth is, God is greater than tragedy. For he can use tragedy to bring about great things. I don't know what specifically he may be working individually in your life, But I know God has a purpose in it. 
I know for sure because the word tells me. I know the truth about who God is and, and that he is powerful. He is sovereign. Nothing's going to take him down even in all this. I was thinking about maybe one thing, and, and we'll be talking more about this in the weeks to come, other purposes, perhaps other things God is doing. But I was thinking about one thing. You know, during this whole COVID time, right, I saw the church in general get divided, big time divided, attacked Christians. The body was attacking each other, and there was division polarizing to views and different things. But you know what I see today? The body is joining hands again for this one purpose. I see this island coming together in that way. I see different denominations working across their divisions, working together, coming together to help people in need, to bring Jesus Christ. I think that's a great thing. So God is greater than this tragedy. So will you join me? I mean, me too. I question. My heart breaks. I, I was in tears to see the image in Lahaina. To think about the people I know, I serve with. I don't, there's still people I'm, I'm praying for. Them. I don't know what happened to Catherine. I don't know what happened to David and his, and his, and his son who surfed out there. And we talked, I don't know what happened to Naoto. And we, we started talking about the Lord. I started to witness to him. I don't know what's going on. And my heart is broken for those up country too. But will you join me to trust God in whatever the purpose he has? I don't know specifically for you. I don't know specifically why God allowed this disaster specifically But will you join me to rest in the fact that God is working something here? That God is working something for his good and his glory. Will you do that? That's what I'm holding on to. All right. God did not, God is not directly responsible. Disasters are a natural result of this fallen world. God is. In sovereign control. And so because of that, he will fulfill his, his purposes. Let me give you one last thing. Number five here this morning is this. With what we have learned right now, and there's four, first four things. Number five is this. Make the choice to trust God even if you don't know the answer to the why. Does that make sense now? Make the choice to trust God even if you don't know the answer to the why. If God is sovereign, if he's all-powerful, if he has all wisdom, and he has a purpose in all this, then we have to trust God in his sovereignty, right? If we believe that, so we got to let go that need to know the why. I got to know God. If I know why, then I'm okay. You know, in some circumstances in life, later on, God lets us in on what that why is. And it helps us, yeah. 
And in some circumstances in my life, I don't know the why to this day, but I know one day in heaven I'll know the why. But, but really, this is, this is the idea. Are we willing to let go that, that urge in us to know the why so we can be settled? Are we willing to let that go and just rest in God's character? Just rest in who He is. That He knows that He has it taken care of. That He is all-powerful. That He's sovereign. That He's big enough God that, that oh, He'll handle it. Will we let the why go? Leave it in his hands and rest in his character. Rest in who he is. You know, I was thinking about, you know, when I was a child, I remember riding in my dad's truck. Yeah. An old uh, 74, 72 Chevy uh, S10 truck. I remember riding, going around with him. And as a child... I was not worried about where he was taking me or how he was getting there, right? He's my dad. He's bigger than me. He drives. He knows how to drive. I'm just happy, roll down the window, stick my hand out to the airplane thing, and you know, right? I was happy, happy camper. I trusted my dad and where he was driving and taking me. So how about you today? Will you trust your heavenly Father? Will you trust your Heavenly Father? I don't know what we're heading into. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I know God is with me. I know God is taking care of me. Will you trust Him? Why, God, are we going this way? Why, God, did you turn this way? Why, God? No, I never asked my father that. I trusted Him. So will you trust your Heavenly Father? Listen, let me bring you into this thought, too. You know what? If you have enough faith to believe God is sovereign, that God is sovereign enough to stop the wind and fire and not allow a house to burn, right? That's our, what we wrestle with. If we have enough faith to believe that he, could, he has the power to stop this disaster, then you know what? Take your faith a little farther now. If you believe in that sovereignty... Take your faith a little farther and believe God is sovereign enough to allow this disaster because he is working his purpose in all of it. Will you do that? Sometimes we stop short of, God, why would you allow this? I don't understand. God, I'm mad at you. I'm angry. Why? Why? But take your faith a little farther then. If If you have enough faith that he's in control that far, well, take it farther that he's in control that he has a purpose in it. Because our holy, righteous, loving, good, all-wise God knows what he's doing. Will you do that? Will you believe? Corey Ten Boom said this, Faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. Hold on. And you will see that all things really are possible because we believe in an in, in, uh, 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 impossible working God. <laughs> Something like that. Well, you, you understand. So number five, make the choice to trust God even if you don't know the answer to the why. Will you, 
Will you stand with me on that? God, I will trust you. Even if I don't know the answer to that why, I'm still going to trust you. I hope that I have brought your mind and your heart to a higher place. Not looking at the rubble and questioning God, but looking at God and trusting him for the rubble now. Colossians 3, 2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. Where's the eye of your mind? Set it up on God. Warren Wiersbe said, Look up when life gets you down. I like that. So look to Jesus. Don't, don't run from God here. Yeah? Don't hide on. I'm not going to deal with it. But look up, you guys. I want to close with this. Um, um, we stayed at Fabian Mona's house and well, we, we had some deep talks and we were talking about things like this. And then he shared this and he shared at his Bible study last week. I go, I'm going to do this in church on Sunday. And um, uh, so I got it from him, but I'll close with this. There is, there is one word in the English language that can be a noun, a verb, an adjective, adverb, and preposition. It's an amazing two-letter English word, up. This two-letter word has more meaning than any other two-letter word. It's easy to understand up, meaning toward the sky or at the top of the list. But when we awaken in the morning, why do we wake up? At a meeting, why does a topic come up? Why do we speak up? And why are the officers up for the election? And why is it up? to the secretary to write up a report. (laughs) Funny, huh? It goes on. We call up our friends, brighten up a room, polish up the silver, warm up the leftovers, and clean up the kitchen. We lock up the house and fix up the old car. Other times, this little word has a real special meaning. People stir up trouble, line up for tickets, work up an appetite, and think up excuses. To be dressed is one thing, but to be dressed up is special. (laughs) And this up is confusing. A drain must be opened up because it's stopped up. (laughs) We open up a store in the morning, but we close it up at night. We seem to be pretty mixed up about up. If you are up to it, you might try building up a list of the many ways up is used. It will take up a lot of your time. (laughs) But if you don't give up, you may wind up with a hundred or more. When it threatens the rain, we say it is clouding up. When the sun comes out, we say it is clearing up. When it rains, the earth soaks it up. When it does not rain for a while, things dry up. One could go on and on, but I'll wrap it up. For now, my time is up. (laughs) Now I share all this to put in your mind this. There's one important up, and that's to look up. Look up, you guys. Know who your God is. Know he is here. And know when God allows disasters, that he has a purpose in it. There's a purpose. 
when tragedy strikes a fallen world. Let's pray. Lord, as we close here, God, our hearts are encouraged, Lord. God, I pray that the questions of why are being cleared up, that people are understanding, that we all understanding what, how that we need to give over that why to you. To not focus in on that, but to focus in on who you are. And trust and know what your word and promises say, that you're working. That there's a purpose in all of this. So Lord, let us rise above our own confusion, emotion, anguish. Lord, as we talked about last week, let us soar on wings of eagles as you strengthen us and know that you uphold us, Lord. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name.